Hello, I'm Peter Switzer and welcome to Switzer TV Investing at a time when the coronavirus and the containment policies are devastating economies and making stock markets question the value of companies. At times like this, it reminds me of what Amazon's Jeff Bezos said when the dot-com crash took his share price from $100 to $6 in virtually a day. Even though his sales had not changed much, the stock markets had dumped his stock because of what the markets do. They go up by steps, they come down by elevators. Right now, it's the closing down of businesses and economies that are spooking stock markets. But when the infection and death rates ease up and the US throws in a decent stimulus policy, share prices will turn around. So how should you play stocks right now? Sit tight, be a buyer, or run for cash? To answer these questions, we have Chartist Michael Gable of Fairmont Equities, Julia Lee of Berman Invest, Michael McCarthy of CMC Markets, and long-term dividend share investor Peter Thornhill, who shares with us his decades of experience of stock buying, and he, for one, is not scared. So let's kick off with Mike Gable and see what his charts are telling us. And before we go to Mike, uh, let's have a, do a quick catch up with Paul Rickard. Paul, how's the uh, stock market um, uh, playing? Is, is it playing havoc with your portfolio? Oh, Peter, just rolling it in at the moment, like most people know. Look, it's uh, it's pretty tough out there, as mm. you know. Uh, I'm pretty bit wounded, a mm. little bit short on the cash side, but uh, I, I, today is that was because you're not willing to sell as well. Yeah, look, today was interesting. We actually saw more carnage in the second and third tier stocks today and the market wanted to stick into the top 20. So quite a different performance between some of the second tier stocks and some of the first tier stocks. Yeah. To me, that's a sign of a bit more support coming into the market. Um, maybe a little bit of, um, you know, forced selling, liquidation of some of the of the other stocks that mm. also occurs. Mm. I get a sense we're not too far away from the bottom. I'm not going to try to pick the bottom, Peter, Pretty because... The, the, uh, the changes here that have been forced on the economy have probably become a lot quicker than we were anticipated. The US has been a lot slower to react. They're still worrying about uh, whether they can get a stimulus package through or not. Hopefully they'll get their act together in the States, but I'm probably just a little more heartened by today's market performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, from my point of view, I, th I do think there's a couple of more weeks of this kind of tough volatility. There are buyers, like we were down 8% today, we finished up uh, down about 5%. So someone is in there buying and they're probably smarties and they're people who believe that the, the next leg down won't be that terrible that they're willing to do it. But it's guesswork, Paul, so we don't know what kind of closures are going to be involved in our economy and other economies right around the world. Yeah, I guess we've got the model of Europe to at least to show us what it could be like and whether Australia quite gets that way. Whether what's happening in New York and uh, and California, and I think Ohio spreads throughout the U.S. is another issue. But uh, you know, we need to uh, see these things get over get over fairly quickly, uh, and the people working again. And uh, look, I'm probably not as bearish as others, but. Uh, it's been a brave person to buy so far, and I guess you've got to keep on, if you yeah. are buying, you've got to keep on a bit of powder, you know, yeah. to spend all the time. Well, what do you say to people who want to get the cash now because they're, they're just so scared? Well, look, even if this is big recession followed by depression, I mean, market coming off that way, I don't think that this is the environment to be going in cash when you're going to get 0%. Uh, I can understand that security. Capital is always a fundamental objective, Peter, but I think after you've... what what Unless you believe that the fundamentals of the stock market over the last 100 plus years is wrong, in other words, stock prices over time go up, 
when you see big drops like this, you know it will go up. It may not go up straight away. Yeah. You may have to wear some, some pain, but I, I think this is, you're now in pain territory, wear the pain, mm -hmm. suck it up, princess, to be put up nicely. And just, you know, if you can generate some extra cash, then mm. use those as opportunities to buy. But you've got, time's going to be a little bit on your side here. Yeah. You know, I guess the one thing I keep going back to, what Buffett always says, is that, you know, be greedy when other people are fearful. I'm not courageous enough to be greedy yet, but I think over the next two weeks, if I see improvement in infection and death rates in Europe in particular, I think I might say, well, America will be next and we'll probably do okay. So let's keep monitoring it. But at this point in time, I'm not a buyer. Yeah, you really want the US to get its act together, Pat. I mean, they've been the laggards. It's interesting. If you just go back on the history of this crisis, I mean, we started talking about the coronavirus crisis in January yeah. and then the market got bored with it, yeah. right? Because the US reacted initially and said, nah, not for us. This won't happen. Here was the foreign virus. Yeah. Trump said, no, not going to happen. And it was really only the last week or two they've actually woken up in the US. Yeah. Well, they need to get their act together. Their stimulus package needs to come through. I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, maybe their, their, their markets need a bit of a, a breather or something. Yeah. Maybe we need a few more um, times out where the market just sort of pause and gather its thoughts yeah. of it. And certainly when America put the stimulus package in in uh, February of 2009, very much late because Lehman Brothers failed in yep. September, but they had elections and Bush and Obama. It came in February, the market rocketed up in March. So let's keep your fingers crossed. We see a stimulus package of about $2 trillion ASAP. That could help the stock market. Thanks, Paul. Well, at a time like this, I always like to talk to uh, my charts guy, Mike Gable. Um, and I'm not expecting to see any good news considering the fact that governments are just closing down businesses left, right and centre. But let's just see what the charts are telling him. Mike, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks, Peter. All right, so I, I did allude to the fact that I'm suspecting the news ain't great. Uh, are the charts vindicating that view? Oh, exactly. I mean, you don't have to be an expert um, looking at these charts to see how horrible everything looks at the moment. So uh, I, I think the, the point to make when it comes to, um, to looking at the charts is given the market we're in at the moment, um, don't necessarily try to pick um, support levels um, to be buying stocks. So um, there are levels here that suggest, and we'll have a look at it in a minute on the S&P 500, that maybe we can get a bit of a bounce, but ultimately um, you know, we do have a lot of fear out there in the market. So um, like a hot, hot knife through butter, um, some of these support levels might not necessarily hold in the short term. Mm. And I guess the important point to make is that, OK, this is the assessment of the people who are punting, speculating or investing on the stock market. But mm. it doesn't necessarily um, represent a true valuation of the company. That's right. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot of companies look pretty cheap here. Um, on the other side of that, though, you know, what's, you know, what are their earnings going to be like in this in this new world when all this yeah. is over? So that's that's the hard question. So uh, I think trying to pick a valuation here and just blindly stepping in and buying a company um, could potentially be a bit risky. But where the charts uh, do help you quite a lot in this situation is when we do find a bottom. So at the moment, we haven't seen a, a bottom yet, so too hard to try to predict where that would be. But over the next several weeks or so, um, the charts will show us 
what, what the buying activity is like. So yes, we have punters selling their stocks, but when the big boys step in and start buying, um, that'll become very obvious to me in, in the way the market's trading on the charts. And that will give you more confidence to say, okay, I know that CSL looks cheap or I know that um, CBA looks cheap, but I can see that serious money is now coming back in. We're probably a few percent off the lows, but I'm comfortable to now step in and join that, that buying um, and pick up the shares as well. So that's where um, I think the charts over the next several weeks or so will be uh, crucial. Yeah, and I, I will check in with you every Monday until you start saying, yes, I can see it, Swiss. I can see it. And we're, we look forward to that. It seems to me, oh, Michael, that there's two things that will drive this. One is uh, a slowing up of infection and death rates in places like Europe, USA and here. That, that here is not a problem at the moment. And then, of mm -hmm. course, um, the US stimulus package. I noticed that in March 2009, one month before the Americans eventually got to their stimulus package, Lehman Brothers failed in September, but it took them all that time to get the package together because A, there was an election, a new president came in. So it was like a, it was like a government process in the way of getting a package. If we see a package this week, do you reckon there'll be a, 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 the first opportunity for this market to bounce? Not necessarily create a bottom, but it will create a bounce. Yeah, look, I, when I look at the way the S&P um, 500 is trading, um, and, and the chart we'll show later, um, I've circled the price action over the last week, and it shows that it's actually been holding in around these levels, which is the 2018 low. Our market is back towards the 2016 low. So it, to me, it looks like it's finding an excuse to bounce, and any news um, that's, that's, that's fairly positive will cause it to bounce. And of course, that won't be the ultimate low, but um, I think that'll set off a, a chain of big bounces, big sell-offs, big bounces, big sell-offs until um, everyone finally gives up. Uh, and then that's the low, because when I speak to investors, there's actually quite a lot of optimistic, mm. um, and rightly so, rightly so, there's a lot of optimistic investors out there that realise this uh, is an opportunity that won't come again in their lifetime to buy shares at a cheap level. but. There aren't enough panickers out there yet, despite what we could see on the market and the and the supermarket aisle. So I think when everyone finally throws the towel in, because uh, you know this could really wear everyone down over the next couple of months, and then I think we'll have an ultimate low. And the final point, um, which I know is obvious to you, but you know the markets are, are obviously very forward-looking. So even though what we're seeing now in the media are saying this could drag on for six months, it could take a very long time. I mean, our market won't be down on the ground for six months, it'll it'll start to look through that uh, probably a few months in advance. So mm. it'll start moving before all of this starts to end. Yeah, well, make sure you tell us before that happens or your name will be Mud, Michael Gable. <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. All right, Michael, <laughs> we've had the chart on screen while you've been talking, so that's great. Mate, thanks for joining us. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Peter. Joining us, as she does every week, is Julia Lee from Berman Invest. And uh, Julia, uh, last time you were with me, you said you weren't interested in catching falling knives. Mm -hmm. Are the knives still falling? 
I think so. Look, when we see volatility spike, it usually takes around about three months to work through. It may seem pretty unbelievable given the speed of the falls that we've seen on the market, but the market peaked on the 20th of February. So it's been exactly pretty much one month since the market started to decline. So look, I'd be expecting another couple of months of volatility here. Yeah. Um, do you think there are two key factors that could help turn this market around? One is declining infection and death rates in Europe and the USA and a substantial bazooka-style stimulus package out of America. I think there are a number of factors that could turn the tide around in terms of the market. One is obviously around about con around containing COVID-19, whether through it's through a very promising vaccine or something to treat COVID-19 for a shorter duration. The other thing that the market really needs to see is a drop off in the growth of new infections. So instead of watching that chart, which sees sees exponential uh, growth in the total number of infections. One of the things that I look at is just the number of new infections a day. And once that has uh, peaked and started to fall, I think that would be seen as a positive for markets. Of course, there's a lot of unknowns at the moment. Investors tend to extrapolate what's happening currently into the future, but the truth is in two to three years' time, we probably won't be talking about the COVID-19, but we might still be talking about the economic impacts. What I try and do is try and uh, imagine myself in two to three years' time, thinking back to the COVID-19, the corona crash, and what I would have liked to have done. Um, and that gives me a little bit more clarity in terms of medium-term goals of investing in the market. Okay, so when you start getting those signs, and of course we'll, we will be talking to you every week, waiting for you to say, yeah, I see the signs. What kind <laughs> of companies, what kinds of companies do you think you're going to be chasing? Well, Pete, you know, I love to do a lot of work around strategy. So I've looked at different strategies which tend to work well for different parts of the economic cycle, as well as the share market cycle. And when you're in that recovery phase, the shares that tend to do well are quality and large cap companies. So one way you could go about doing it is by picking the biggest stocks in each sector and then figure out whether you want to be overweight or underweight those sectors. And those are probably the companies that are going to lead uh, the market from its bottom. In times of distress, though, as we're seeing now, it is the defensive players that tend to outperform. So things like APA, utilities that you need, telecommunications that you need, supermarket, healthcare, these are the areas that you would expect to outperform in terms of market performance. But once the recovery happens, it starts with the large caps, it starts with the the quality end of the market and then it spreads to the rest of the market. Okay. So there is no company that you're even tempted to buy right now? <laughs> I told you I'm not good at uh, catching falling knives and to tell you the truth, Pete, I just don't have the risk tolerance for it. To buy something me for too. me and then see it drop away 10 or 20% in a week, um, it's not the type of investment that I'm very good at doing. So I prefer to wait for the recovery first. Um, and see the signals. And you know that I like to combine both fundamental as well as technical analysis together with strategy and wait for those signals to uh, make the move. Okay. And I, I did notice beside your book of Warren Buffett on Snowball, you got a very interesting looking book, Pandas for Everyone. Is that a stock market <laughs> book? 
<laughs> no, that's a coding book, Pete. I love to learn new things. And uh, the thing that I've started to learn in 2020 is coding. Uh, you know, I love my numbers, so I guess it's just an extension of that. You can borrow it if you like. <laughs> yeah, you give me the summary when you're finished and you're an expert. Julia Lee from Boone Invest, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. I'm catching up now with Michael McCarthy from CMC Markets. And, mate, it's been a pretty tough day at the office again, though it was down a lot worse than it finished. That was encouraging to see, Peter. Down 400 points in the first half hour of trading and then a rally back and to close down just 200 points is a big improvement on what we're looking at. In the short term, that sort of rejection of downside does suggest that we might be uh, able to put together a couple of gains. But overall, those huge market moves and the big volumes that we saw once again, Peter, suggest that we're still in a disruptive mode of the market. So you're not seeing enough signs to venture into the area of saying a bottoming process is happening? No, Peter, it doesn't look like that to me, particularly, as I say, with those huge trading ranges and big volumes. The fact that we also made a new lower low today uh, is also an indication that that downtrend's intact. That, having said that, there was clear evidence of some bargain hunting in the market today. CSL and BHP traded in the green for most of the day. At one stage, CSL was up 7%. So it did look like those people who were buying today were focusing on the bluest of blue chips. Mm. Michael, um, do you think the fact that the level of economic and business closure in Australia didn't help the stock market today, despite the positivity that the stimulus package should offer the market? Well, there's no doubt that the uh, fiscal package will cushion the economic blow that's coming, Peter. But the reality is until we see infections peak and start to drop away, we just don't know how big the inc economic interruption will be. And for that reason, we can't give a full marks uh, to the fiscal package that's been announced because we don't know how big it has to be to be really effective. And that's the problem for the markets, Peter. It's that uncertainty as well as the economic disruption that's uh, delivering a double blow to share markets here locally and around the globe. Because mm. it is interesting that some countries are actually starting to do well, like, for example, Japan's infection and death rate's really small, but its market's not really being spared, is it? Yeah, very true, Peter. And, and we saw that reflected in trading today. While there was a lot of weight on the region, Hong Kong was down 4%. Uh, markets in India hit circuit breakers at down 10%. We actually saw support for the Nikkei. And I, I think it just goes to prove that market thesis that once it appears that infection rates have peaked in a country, we'll start to see support for its shares. So it's a waste of time me asking you what stocks you like because it's just too dangerous right now. That's right, Peter. I'm not buying anything at the moment. I'm waiting until the market tells me that it's found at least a stable level before I put a toe in the water. So uh, as many, as much as I like a lot of these stocks, uh, as a lot of, uh, I see a lot of share prices that I think are very attractive and on a three-year view will probably do very well. It just seems that this is a long-term opportunity, perhaps a once-in-a-decade opportunity to buy stocks cheaply, and I'll be waiting until the market gives a signal that it's found a stable bottom before I start diving in. Yeah, and I guess one thing the market is sweating on is the Americans coming up with a stimulus package. And I, I suspect because of this, the procrastination factor, Michael, is that we're going to be expecting at least $2 trillion now. The $1 trillion sounded okay last week, but it seems like the market's saying we want to see $2 trillion. 
I think you're right, Peter. The longer it goes on, the more impressive the package will have to be to help change thinking around the economic impacts. And uh, uh, unfortunately, though, I think those delays and the fact that there is so little agreement across the aisle uh, in the US Parliament about what should be done means that uh, we might be waiting some time for a US fiscal stimulus package. And of course, the US remains the largest economy in the world. And while we're waiting, uh, we're likely to see further pressure on markets. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I looked at a bit of history today and saw that, you know, uh, Lehman Brothers failed in September. Americans pro procrastinated until February 2009, partly because Bush had to face an election. He got beaten, Obama got in. But as soon as they put that package in in February, in March, the market took off. So stimulus can be an offsetting factor, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And when it occurs with incorporation with central bank support, uh, it can be very, very important. And that's what we saw. I think that was what sparked the longest bull run that we've ever seen, Peter, was that support from both government and from central banks. So we've got that in place this time around, but we need to find uh, the circuit breaker for the emotion that's running around this at the moment, because that's what markets are running on at the moment, Peter. There are no facts, really. We don't know what the future looks like. And so emotion's taking over, and it's why we're susceptible at the moment to panic and fear. Okay, the, the, the moment you change your attitude, give me a call, all right? And I'll tell our viewers. <laughs> as soon as I buy the calls, I'll give you a call, Peter. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's Michael McCarthy, CMC Markets. At times like this, I like to talk to someone like Peter Thornhill, who's been in the financial services industry for decades, but is renowned for telling investors, not speculators, but investors, how to invest in the stock market. And he primarily supports the idea of buying stocks that are good dividend payers. And if I remember him rightly, and I think I do, he often says the best time to buy are times like now. Peter, nice to see you. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be back. Has the coronavirus changed your attitude towards successful investing? No, no, not at all. It's, it's probably sharpened it a little because uh, looking back, history is my guide. I think I've said that perhaps to yeah. you before. And because we never learn, mm. we just go on repeating over and over again. And I mean, I've actually got a list that I now use in my presentations of all the pandemics over the last 2,000 years mm. as an indication of uh, the, the fact that it repeats itself mm. and the fact that we're often never ever prepared for these. Mm. But it's these black swan events that I think provide the greatest opportunity. Yeah. So are you buying right now or, or you don't have to because your, your funds are so big you don't need to? No, no. It's. I think dividends will definitely take a hit. Mm. There's no question about that. Is that because businesses have been closed by government effectively? Well, mm. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, they're winding the economy backwards. Mm. So um, I hope I'm being realistic. Uh, I'm pretty sure I am. That dividends will come under pressure. Mm. So the consequence of that is if I am to try and maintain our dividend stream, then I will have to own more of something that is paying a lower dividend. Mm. So I'm chipping away. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to go mad because this thing isn't going to go away, away overnight. Mm. So I will just continue to chip away, chip away, chip away, mm. and hopefully maintain the income stream yeah. into the future. When I interviewed you after the GFC, you made the, I think you made the point, and I'll, I'll just rough the numbers, that 
it, it, your overall portfolio might have fallen by about 20%, but your dividends only fell by you know, 5 or 6%. And they recovered sharply yeah. afterwards. And we didn't go into recession, so that would have been part of the, the thing. Mm. But, but your general proposition is that stock prices overreact, dividends fall, can fall, fall during this time, yes. but they don't fall as aggressively. And that's why you advocate buying stocks that are, have a great history of paying dividends. Yes. Uh, the, the company management are the ones that decide the level of dividend. Share prices on a daily basis are set by fools, hedge funds. Panicking people. Uh, panicking people, mm. short sellers. Every man and his dog has mm. access to this thing called the share market. Mm. And as a result of their appalling behaviour, mm. um, the share market gets a bad name. Mm. It's a great pity. Um, You've been through a lot. I remember even when you came from England to Australia, it was around the 1987 crash. You would have seen even crashes before that. How do you think this will play out? Well, it'll probably be like every other one. Um, despite all the doom and gloom, and, and of course this time it's different. Well, okay, how many pandemics have we had? Okay, but we will recover because Peter, I do not for one moment believe that human endeavour is going to grind to a halt. And ultimately, the stock market is a reflection of the, the endeavours of the human race. Mm. I, mean, I, I mean, it's a terrible thing to say, but the First World War, I think the casualties, both um, military and non-military, were about 40 million. But the burst of technological advancement that occurred as a result of the First World War, tanks, aeroplanes, etc., meant that the Second World War they were able to kill 80 million people. Mm. Now, I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, mm. but human endeavour is not going to go away. I'm hoping it's on the positive side mm. rather than the negative side. So we will discover an antidote. I, I looked at um, the GFC rebound of the stock market and. The, the big leg down came when Lehman Brothers failed, mm -hmm. September 15, and it took the Americans until early February to come up with their stimulus package. Of course, there were elections there and Bush couldn't do things, but still, that was a long time. Do you think US stimulus getting sorted out as quickly as possible will be a, a help to create a bit of a floor under the stock market? Well, Peter, I must admit, all the stimulus packages that have occurred over the last four or five decades, every time the share market's wobbled, mm. there's been a cut in interest rates. Mm. We have now been boxed in to a cul-de-sac and no one knows how the hell we're going to get out of it. Mm. They've fired every shot in the locker. Monetary locker. Yeah, monetary locker, yeah. And so where we go from here, I, I mean, now it's down to governments printing money, basically. Yeah, it's fiscal and just throwing money at the thing. Mm. Uh, they perhaps should have, and I think part of the problem we have today is that all the fiscal stimulus that we've had, or all the stimulus of any kind that we've had, certainly since the GFC, but predating that, has really de simply delayed the inevitable, mm. where, like any forest, the bushfire comes through, burns out all the rubbish, singes all the trees, the trees come back, the rubbish provides, the, the ash provides the fertiliser. All we have done financially is governments putting the inevitable off. And so this conflagration mm. is going to be a doozy. Okay, 
let's, let's get it out of the, the forest because I can't <laughs> see the forest for the trees. How long do you reckon before we see a rebound? Oh. Your best, and I know it's only guessing, but you've lived, you've lived through a number of those. What do you reckon? I think this one will be longer because it's going to take more time and it's not just the money aspect of things that has to be solved. So this one is going to drag on for longer. And honestly, Peter, I, I can take a wild guess mm. and you know, I might become a guru because mm. I get it right. Mm. But um, you know, in 12 months time, I'd probably have a far better idea yeah. of how we're motoring. Yeah. So people who followed you and you, in your own strategy, because you followed your own strategy, effectively, you've always said that you should be preparing for these times and your dividends should get you through these times and the really good market times like last year when the market was up 19% with dividends about 22, 23%, people should have been banking and creating a buffer to get you through the rough times. That, that strategy seems to be the best one. It, well, it certainly has stood us in good stead over the decades and I'm confident mm. that uh, human endeavour will not grind to a halt as a consequence it should stand us in good stead in the future. Okay. And as I said, we'll, I'll chip away mm. to buy, to own more, so that even if dividends are cut, hopefully it won't be too bad. Mm. But the two golden rules, and I think we've covered this before, spend less than you earn, borrow less than you can afford. So we sit there, dry powder, um, we might have to tighten our belt. Now that would be a novel Come on, thought, Stop wouldn't saying it? nasty things like that, Peter. <laughs> if people want to get your book, Pete, name the book and where they get it from. It's Motivated Money and just go to the website, either Google my name or Motivated Money and uh, pick the book up there. Great stuff. Thanks for joining us.